I grew up never going to church. And as a 30-year-old married man, I still don't. Not because I don't value reflection, community, even the experience of the divine, I do. But traditional religious congregations don't appeal to me. That's Casper Terkyle speaking about five years ago on the PBS television show NewsHour. Terkyle is a millennial, a member of the generation born between 1981 and 1995. Together with the even younger group known as Gen Z, they are the least religious-affiliated Americans ever. According to pollster Daniel Cox at the Survey Center on American Life, one quarter of millennials and one third of Gen Z say they are not members of any faith. Demographers refer to these folks as the nuns, as in, when asked what faith they adhere to, they check none. But that doesn't mean they aren't spiritual or even religious. Take Turkyle, who's one of our guests this week. He identifies as a non-believer, but spent three years at Harvard Divinity School looking for meaning and community. What's really interesting is that the overwhelming majority of us nuns aren't necessarily atheists. Two-thirds believe in God or a universal spirit, and one in five even pray every day. We aren't young people who hate religion. It's a growing group that feel like they've been left behind by religious institutions. Welcome to Inspired by Interfaith Voices. I'm Kimberly Winston, in this week for host Umbreen Khan. Each week, we explore the beliefs shaping our world. I met Casper a couple months ago at the Solarize Gathering for Spiritual Changemakers, people whose faith motivates them to create systems for social change. He was one of a cohort there working to connect young people of no faith or any faith to each other and to social change through, what else, technology the lingua franca of Americans under 35. As a baby boomer, I was skeptical of the whole concept of establishing a genuine spiritual or religious community online. But I was also intrigued. So I reached out to three of them to find out what's behind this trend. Who is engaging with this kind of technology and why? How widespread is it? And most importantly, is it changing the way we do and think about religion and spirituality in America? But my first guest is Mentor Dida. Mentor is from Kosovo, a tiny country in the Balkans that was once part of Yugoslavia. In the Balkans, there are three main ethnic groups, Serbs, Croats, and Albanians, and ethnicity is inextricably linked to religion. Serbian Orthodoxy for the Serbs, Catholicism for the Croats, and Islam for the Albanians. The Balkan War of the 1990s saw neighbor killing neighbor along these ethno-religious lines, and each side claimed tiny Kosovo as its own. That war was the backdrop of Mentor's childhood. He and his family are ethnic Albanians who were displaced by the war. But it was Mentor's encounter with aid workers when he was only eight years old that set the course for the rest of his life. Last year, Mentor founded an online gathering place for Albanian speakers where they can explore spiritual questions and practices. In English, the group is called Changemakers. I'll let Mentor 
tackle the Albanian name. Drushimtarit is a word that is in Albanian that is the equivalent of change makers. So Drushimtarit means the people who create change. So we've we've started this initiative uh, because we found that there are so many young people in Kosovo who are hungry, hungry, hungry to experience the depth of life, to experience and dive into the questions of why are we here and what do we want to spend our time and focus to do on this life. So we created this community as as a sort of a intentional community where we can help each other explore these questions and find the best resources where we can learn and grow. I would imagine because it's virtual, you can connect Albanian speakers or Kosovars all over the world? Yeah, yes. And that's the beauty of it, too. You know, we have uh, Kosovars who live in U.S., who sometimes feel that, you know, I'm missing my own culture or, I'm you know, sometimes to make sense of the world. It is so much easier through the people that speak your mother tongue, you know, and have the same culture and eat the same food. So we get people from all over the world who speak Albanian. And with that, also, we get the richness in different perspectives to support one another, to challenge one another, to share lessons with one another. So it is, uh, it is a miracle that we have today, our in- connectivity of the Internet. And I feel like we should be using it more wisely rather than, you know, just most of it being... Um, I think the word you want is garbage, yeah. <laughs> garbage, yeah, exactly, exactly. The idea of engaging spiritually online is, is eh, I'm a little uncomfortable with it, right? You know, it's not how I would do it. Is there something about the younger generation that is particularly comfortable with, or they feel very natural with technology, that makes it a great conduit for connecting with them spiritually? What I feel like even, you know, I'd be curious to even, why are you resistant to that? Hey, I asked the questions here, buddy. <laughs> I asked the questions. <laughs> right? Uh, I think young people recognize how powerful it is to to integrate spirituality into your life. So young people in general also have less to unlearn about the world that currently is. Society needs to see the possibility in our technology today. And it is very unfortunate that a tool like Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn and all these things, Google, like these are incredible tools. The whole world is there, you know, so we have to use it well, not let it use us. For marketing purposes, it's a tremendous tool and it is up to us. Let's use the things for good because it's not just commercial these days, you know, like we want to also use it to inspire a sense of spirituality in people, wherever, wherever they can do this. It is our battle to make sure that everyone has access, just like they have access to buy things online. They have also access to, to touch a deeper dimension of them through 
technological means. Mentor, walk me through what a gathering for changemakers looks like. Every Thursday at 8 p.m., we have deemed and announced and declared that our Thursdays will be time to rebel and invest in yourself. It's an act of rebellion to relax <laughs> in today's time, to, to say like, you know what? I'm going to leave my parents aside. I'm going to leave my friends aside. I'm going to leave my job aside. I'm going to leave my phone aside and I'm just going to ask questions, be here, stand with the community, listen to a speaker, explore this new practice, do things that make this machine, this body, this mind, this heart, this spirit feel more alive. Mentor, how old is Changemakers? When did, when did you found it? We founded it in uh, 2022. And we started during the pandemic because we found that, you know, there was some difficulty for people to process what was happening during the pandemic. Uh, people got time to reflect and spend time by themselves. And then they started asking questions like, why am I here? What am I doing with my life? And those questions are big questions. And if you don't have the necessary support or the necessary space, those questions can get very dark. And if there's no inspiration, can even lead to depression, anxiety. So, you know, that was happening in many areas of the world. If you speak English, you can do any program online and on YouTube and find communities. But what if you don't speak English? What happened to you? Then you don't have much. You know, you don't have much if you speak only Albanian. And that's what gave birth to it. It's a connection with the spirit that is what is needed, you know, to make a change and transformation. It's not doesn't come from information, but comes from an experience of something that is the core of who you are. Changemakers attempts to engage the people who use it in the big questions. To tap into the answers for those questions, do you tap into any particular faith tradition or is it no faith tradition? Is it something more generic? Well, it is all. All religions. All religions and non-religion. So we come with really an open mind and we don't judge. Everybody is trying to find their own path. So it is almost like a marketplace where you can go to test what spiritual practices work for you. You know, what, what is your way of, you know, just discovering your way of how do you have, how do you practice your spirituality? And we get to try and then see what works for us. Here in the United States, we have poll after poll that show us that young people are mistrustful of religious dogma, religious authority. They're much more experiential-based. They're very suspicious of anyone who says, I know the, the religious or spiritual truth. I think I'm hearing you say that is similar in Kosovo, although maybe for different reasons. The history of Kosovo is very complex. <laughs> so the faith has changed due to invaders due to culture, it constantly has been evolving. And, uh, and you know, there comes a time that now it is evolving because we don't have an invader from 
you know, physical invader like the Ottoman Empire or the, the, the Serbo-Slavs or anybody like that. But uh, invader is a culture that is global, a culture that can be found online through technology. And that is the culture that is invading the minds and hearts of young people. And it's invading to ask questions. It's invading to, to seek out beauty in a different way, to explore, to discover. And, and it's fascinating. It's beautiful. You grew up in the 1990s when um, the Balkan War was at its height. Can you connect the dots between your experience growing up with wanting to be a change maker and starting change makers? Um, growing up during the war, uh, it's it's a, an experience that you know can can make you wounded or can make you wise. And, you know, soldiers marched into our house, terrorized everybody with masks, with guns. And I was a kid. I was, you know, nine years old looking at the soldier and it just felt like, wow, something is wrong with this person. Like, oh, those eyes are so angry. Why are they so violent? And, and just as a kid, just observing that. And it was just really, really deep uh, and, and painful to see that. And then, you know, those soldiers took us outside of our homes, took us to trains and outside of the country as refugees. And then when we went with trains, we were in a camp. Well, it wasn't a camp yet, but there was around 100,000, 70,000 people there that were driven that day. My parents are freaking out because we don't have water. We don't have food. We don't have shelter. It's cold. But we did get to eat we did have some shelter we did have food and water because people from all over the world started showing up all types of religions for instance red cross was there Elilal was there unhcr were there you know all types of groups to help and i was the recipient of a of a sandwich in that time from this lady and to me i'm like wow like who is this person why are her eyes shining like why is there this joy in her eyes why is there compassion in her eyes and in the other person's eyes the soldier who came in and terrorized the eyes were full of hatred so that's when i decided that the world needs more people who are like the volunteer in the refugee camp that came and sacrificed so much to help us and that's my mission in the world what is the difference is one person is connecting with their hearts. One person is connecting with life and working for life, is connecting to their spirit and recognizing that all human beings have that spirit and have this ability to be alive. So we need to help one another to experience this beautiful life, not to ruin it. So that's why I feel like spirituality is so important. That essence is in me. That essence is in you, in the listener right now. This essence connects us all. And when we operate from this, we cannot do harm. And that's what the change maker is, a person who gives himself permission to work 
on themselves so that they experience that dimension in them and then put it to action and help others also see that. That was Mentor Dida, founder of Changemakers, an online spiritual space for Albanian speakers. You can find out more about Changemakers at Mentor's English language website, www.mentordida.com. Next, we'll hear about an online community that wants to connect people across boundaries of both religion and age. You are listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. Stay with us. Hi, friends. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our community. I don't know if you know this, but we are on the air all the way from Richmond, Virginia to Ketchikan, Alaska, and in so many places in between. We're a national show, and we are a small and mighty team committed to bringing you stories and sounds from around the world that convey not only the diversity and the pluralism of our country, but the beliefs that are shaping our world, our politics, our culture, and the ideas that sustain us and inspire us to think about where we are going. And that brings me to this question. If you value us, if you enjoy listening and appreciate what you're hearing, I want to ask you to take a moment to consider becoming a sustaining member of Interfaith Voices or make a one-time donation at interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. That's interfaithradio.networkforgood.com. Thank you. And let's get back to the show. Thank you.